What's up, everybody? This is Joey Capuano. Welcome back to the I'm Gonna Kill Myself Because of Zoom podcast. I have three great guests here today for the first time on the show. I have Markel, Mike, and Danny Travago. These are all friends that I grew up with from Lakeville. I think there's some pretty funny ass dudes, so I'm hoping we'll have a good time today. Let's start off with Markel. Markel, dude, what's going on in your life? Tell us about uh, just what the fuck is, is going on in, you know, the COVID world for you. You know, there's a lot going on right now. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's really these times that really just showed me to appreciate uh, the little things. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like before COVID, uh, at least myself, um, I was really distracted by like things that didn't really matter. Like my attention would go towards that. And so I've just been like, just appreciation, <laughs> appreciating like nature and just just being alive. So have you been doing a lot of drugs? I mean, I was looking for something a lot more interesting that, than that. Like, have you have you been doing, uh, you know, pills and, and coke and all that stuff to keep yourself keep yourself entertained? <laughs> I think you know, if I had access to it, I would totally be doing it. I'm just not back in, in Minnesota, so. No, you know, there's there's two routes you can go, man. But I'm pretty buzzed off this um weed tea right now, so. Right, right. Like some people will, you know try try to get try accidentally get addicted to pills you more search through instagram and look for inspirational quotes am i am i wrong about that um a little bit <laughs> i'm but sorry kind of close to- total all, dickhead way instagram. to start out i mean dude i'm sorry i was just trying the last the last way we started out was so funny i was trying to do it again and that just wasn't good i mean Dan, I swear to God, if you would have let me go that whole time, like the full 40 minutes and said, hey, so are you recording? I'm not saying I would have like killed one of your family members, but I, I mean, but you're dog, not I saying you would wouldn't have either. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, right. right. I mean, I would have gotten on the next flight to Minnesota and there right. would be there would be a blood debt. And to be honest, um, I, I would let you in the front door because I, yeah. that means I knowingly let you ramble for 40 minutes without it being recorded. And that's a pretty of shit move to do. Yeah. Of course. I want to go back to the point that I was making before. Uh, we have a presidential candidate on here. And we're already making jokes about opioid addiction. Uh, Mike, we're of course not going to say your full name, but um, I was talking before how um, I do want you to run for president. And you brought up the point of how you need people to support you, like how Donald Trump has the My Pillow guy. And I was going to say that I could be your My Pillow guy. Does that, what does that sound like to you? What does that look like to you? Well, I mean, you got to, yeah, you got to have a hype man. And so you got to really build up uh, an empire of followers. I mean, there are two ways to really go about doing it. You know, you have people who, who do the long, slow climb, uh, like, well, like Joe Biden, you know, look at him now. I mean, he was in there for decades and decades and, and really didn't do much for a while. He made his name known, though, and um, made friends and friends and more friends. And eventually, after, you know, almost 50 years, he finally made it up. Otherwise, uh, but, you know, it doesn't always work that way. You have some people like, uh, uh, you know, Mitt Romney and, and some of those guys, jo- John McCain, and they wait their whole life and they never make it up. They go up there and they crash at the top of the at the top of the at the top of the ladder. So um, on the other hand, well, the other option. Here's, here's why I think I can help you. OK, well, this is the point where we got cut off before I was mentioning. I know that girl from high school, Wambui. Or I'm going to get her wrong, her last name wrong for sure. It's. It's like Murari or something like that. Do you guys remember her? Yeah, I've heard of that name. Yeah, I do. Okay, so she's basically like the greatest artist I've ever seen in my life, right? That's the only thing I really knew about her because I only knew her for that one year. Um, She 
also has a huge following on if you guys ever heard of the app wattpad you can make your own like videos i mean on on stories and stuff like that on there i don't think so i don't think i've heard of that well she actually so she writes like fiction and uh there's like there's different types of fiction i think i was telling markel this the other day but she also she writes gay erotic fiction okay here's why that's interesting Five million people read her newest one. Okay. Oh, okay. This girl said that she would potentially be on the podcast. That means there's five million people, five million gay erotic readers that I could potentially bring into your into your uh, campaign. These could be voters for you. Now here's where we go from there. We were gonna have on the podcast yesterday. This guy I can't say his name because he's a criminal. Um, he is a dude that me and Markel have known for a little while now. And he told me that he would show the podcast to all of his friends in prison. So what I'm thinking here is if you have a prison and gay erotic following that really come together, (laughs) that's not only diversity, that's numbers. You know, now we're talking, now we're talking, your shit is getting out there and your name is getting spread around and multiple different demographics like you what do you think about that i mean yeah, the more the merrier i guess i mean you gotta you gotta find something i mean that obviously is a very different route than the route i was taking you know uh i was trying to think of the next thing you know to be like elon musk or something you know which obviously that's quite difficult to do and so i never did think about what you your idea and your idea actually seems a lot more <laughs> probably a lot more practical <laughs> uh going you know in the meantime it's 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 a modern approach to uh to getting political power i would say um but you know of course we're joking i don't think you do you you don't actually want to be the president do you i mean not 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 right now not right now (laughs) i gotta try and find a way to immortality first i mean you know that that ages you so much if i can find a way to sort of not not age a hundred years in about a four year span. I mean, if I can figure that out, then, then maybe I'll give it a shot, but you know, I'm more concerned about avoiding death. Julie, let me say something for a sec. Okay. So this is the astounding part about it all. Now that, now that we're on this topic and I think um, I can speak for Markel as well, when we share this viewpoint that usually when it comes to like middle school and high school, you always have that one person that you see in a grade, like sixth or seventh grade. And you're like, Oh yeah, I can definitely see that guy as president. But the one astounding thing about Mike right here is that that very opinion and vibe has lasted from sixth grade all the way up until present day time. Like literally the entire graduating class at North genuinely thought that this dude had a shot to run in 2036, myself included. I mean, I remember I made a hashtag at one of the football games. (laughs) And his last name, in accordance with another person, um, had 20, 30. And it got like fucking 50 retweets. And yeah. like people yeah. genuinely think that this guy can be the leader of the free world. I'm not kidding. I think it, yeah. it, it could probably happen. Mike has this thing that, I mean, it's just so well-rounded. I mean, I don't need, I don't mean to slob knob here, but I legitimately <laughs> think you could be the president of the United States. And it would be a better option than some of the candidates we've had in the past. I mean, it is getting to the point where we potentially, I mean, Jake Paul might be the president. We might have Michael <laughs> Blank versus Jake Paul in what at 2030, whatever the fuck. 
<laughs> and it might legitimately come down to it. I will stop whatever I'm doing to become your my pillow guy. I will develop a crack addiction right now so that I can follow the path he went down, write a book on it, and eventually start advising the president of the United States. Well, Which brings me president. to honestly, I got a question, man. That you guys, you guys, is am I insane for this, or is there something to this? Are Ask we living in a, in a in a in a simulation? Because the fucking my pillow guy is advising the president on policy and and what he should do. How can you not look at that and go, dude? There's got to be somebody up there going, would this not be fucking hilarious if the guy <laughs> in 2009 was in the White House? Do it. And then there's another guy going, they're never going to buy that. They're going to know what's up eventually if we keep doing this. But we're so fucking stupid that we just keep we just keep going along with everything. I think I just, that's the point we're at. Yeah, I just I feel like that's be, that's now the benchmark for future leadership in the country. Now, whether that's Democrat, Republican, third party, you know, we, we don't know if we'll ever see the reemergence of that ever since uh uh, Jesse Ventura got elected governor here in 2000 and he ran as an independent. Um, but that's kind of like, if you have a leader now in office and you have the sweep number guy get into the white yeah. house grounds, he's like, Hey, Hey, come over here for a sec. I, uh, is he even the sleep number guy? Sleep number is like a classy thing, at least. This dude just made a nice pillow. Okay, okay. Like so, a, that, so that, that's like, like no, no, that, that's no, that's no, like the it's, it's like the equivalency, right? But it's like the equivalency if you had the lead car salesman from Jeff Belzer, Kia, and Chevy trespass oh into the White House and say, "Here's what I think you guys should do on foreign policy." And, and I feel like that's what we're going down as a fucking country right now. And again, like I just told you, it doesn't have to be a guy who's a Republican president. It could be a Democratic president. It could be a fucking yeah. oh, job independent. It could be anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it has anything to do with the fucking Republicans. I mean, eventually AOC is going to be the president here and Miley Cyrus will be in there advising her. And I know plenty of <laughs> girls that are going to be like, she knows a lot. Like she knows more than you would think. And I'll just be like, oh my God. It's, you know, it happens on both sides. It really does. It's all so ridiculous, man. But I mean, let's just let's just move on from that. One thing I wanted to talk about, I have a bunch of notes written down here, is just like how much I miss concerts. Do you guys did you guys go to a lot of concerts or fuck with anything like that really? So believe it or not, this is actually I'm not sure how you'll interpret this, but Believe it or not, I've only been to one concert in my life. And what was that? The first concert I ever attended was actually with uh, my dad in August of 2019. And we went to go see uh, the Electric Light Orchestra. They're like a really popular 80s band. Uh, Mike knows them really well because he, still, he listens to 60s, 70s, a little bit of 80s music. So he knows the works of that band and Jeff Lynn and what he does and stuff like that. And the more, And when I went to that concert, I'm like, you know, I just want to watch more of them online and just kind of see the atmospheres and stuff like that. And it's like this whole air, like kind of like what Markel said earlier in terms of appreciating sort of the small things in life. It's kind of COVID that's taken away our ability to really recognize how much an atmosphere means to us, whether it would be at a concert or a sporting event or something like yeah. that. And it's just like, that is something that I miss is getting really into a large gathering with people and just kind of enjoying whatever it is that you guys are sharing the energy. Yeah. Right. Right. Just like so many people in one area, you can like really just feed off that. 
Yeah, I mean, shit, like I can't, I think the last time that I was really in a big crowd, I mean, at least in Minnesota, had to have been that state fair when me and Markel went to that. Do you remember that, dude? Briefly. Dude, somebody upped a gun in the middle of the whole thing. (laughs) This was like military grade equipment. It had a fucking flashlight on it. And for whatever reason, like, I decided I got separated from Markel and, and the other dude we were with because I just, dude, I was drinking so much. I was just, there was so many different types of beers there. At one point, I got a pumpkin beer. I don't even like pumpkin. And uh, so I just had, I had to piss constantly. And there was more people there than, you know, really any other event in Minnesota. So I get separated from them and I'm drunk and high walking, just stumbling around the state fairgrounds. And I see this fight start to break out. So I start... Like, I just literally, I just like a zombie. I was like, oh, I gotta see this. And I just walked right over to it. And all of a sudden, two cops pop out of this crowd, right? Like, all these people crowding around with their guns out. And they're like, back the fuck up. Back the fuck up. And some dude ups like a, like a fucking some shit that would be in Call of Duty. It actually had a flashlight on it. And we all just fucking ran, dude. Insane shit, insane yeah, shit. Dude, I, don't, I, remember, I don't remember what I remember seeing that. that light. I was um waiting in line for the sweet Martha's cookies, and next thing I know, I just see yeah. a light, bright ass light, and people running towards me, and I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? So like, you know, I had to get to cover real quick. You know, I had to. Get That's the most American thing I've I've really ever heard in my life. Waiting for a bucket full of sweets that could give you diabetes, and somebody pulls out an automatic weapon. I mean, that's just like, that's so, so American. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's classic really. Um, I want to hear, I want to hear more, more from Markel. I feel like I was a dick to you at the beginning, buddy. I'm sorry. I was just trying to be funny. I want to hear, uh, I want to hear how your job at the airport is going right now. Um, there's a lot of fucking COVID bullshit going on and I'll bleep that out, dude. I'll I'll bleep out the part where I said where you work, but go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, a job's a job, you know, it's. <laughs> you don't like it? No, like, it just, it just makes me look at things differently, I guess. I haven't um actually had a job in like a year now, and so I just started working, and um. I don't know, like, just like kind of what you're saying on one of your episodes, like, I know you're joking, but you're like can't do this job thing you know and like a lot of people like think you're crazy for saying that and like you know that's fine it is it is a crazy thing to say it really is I mean that is just a perception you know because you know I just look at it like I'm just trying to figure out what I need to do to not have to do that for the rest of my life you know by like investing like properties Mm -hmm. stocks um, things like that. I'm just really trying to start studying business and just do whatever it takes to, you know, start my own job and start my That's own brand. Shit. Just kind of like what you're doing, and you know. Thank you, man. Yeah, you're I. Uh, this is see. I don't don't do something like this though, because this is a sign of giving up. Is that's what you're doing when you're making a podcast? You're basically oh, saying fuck it. Okay, when you say that, <laughs> you know that kind of it's a good point in my head. Um, I felt like sharing this with you. Um, I kind of like that hit that rock bottom too like you like it's either all or nothing like i'm not mm. just gonna like just settle for like this anymore like i'm really just give it my all and if it doesn't work then shit at least i could say i tried you know yeah that's true that's very true um 
I mean, Dan and, and Mike, I know you guys got jobs too. Do you hate them or do you, do you like them? You don't really have to say what you do, but um, oh, no, give a general fine. idea and tell, tell us why you like it or well, you know, why you I, hate it. I, here's, here's the thing with this. Um, I can probably speak for Mike on this as well, even though that he's going down um, a pretty advanced path to, in order to kind of achieve what he wants to do in life. Um, but ultimately, I want to become an air traffic controller. Uh, just because, okay. um, but obviously that's one of the more high stress jobs, uh, in the country, let alone the world. Um, but kind of what, like what Markel was saying right there is that when COVID happened in roughly March or so, I graduated in May of 2020, um, and the job market was just looking spectacular. There was tons of businesses in almost every industry looking to hire recent college grads and, and get off on a really good foot. And then before you know it, uh, the market nosedived. Um, and, you know, I, I took a job at our local liquor store um, in Lakeville, by the one by uh, Teresa's, because mm -hmm. I said to myself, I'm like, you want to know something, the uncertainty of business moving forward uh, with all these companies is just so up in the air right now that I got to have some sort of level of job security. Um, yeah. And even though that I knew that that job wouldn't be forever, I could at least say that I had some sort of level of security of being able to have at least some amount of basic income coming into my bank account. Um, yeah, definitely. But I think right now, you know, I, I'm just, uh, I obviously moved on from the store. Um, I'm doing something that's more in the aviation field right now, because that's what my degree was sort of specializing in. Um, but once the hiring process uh, from the government comes out for air traffic controllers, um, that's something I'm definitely going to pursue because that's something that I, that I, that I see myself doing. Um, and I know that I would like doing that job because I think all three of you can remember that, you know, back in the middle school days, even the early high school days, I was a huge geography geek. Same with Mike, mm. like him and I can basically pinpoint anything on a goddamn map without even having to point it out or even have I want TJ Johnson's geography. Dude. Yeah, exa it, right. Right. I, exactly. I, I, him yeah, and I were in that. Shit. Yeah, we were in that. And hey, yo, Markel can't do that shit either. He thought New Jersey was in Pennsylvania once. I had I had to call him out for that. I'm sorry. That's absolutely insane. Oh, no, 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 no. That's that's he thought Pittsburgh was in New Jersey. That I I think uh, I think that's what it was. I can understand oh, if he said that about Philadelphia. No, You're just making shit up now. I am not making that up. That legitimately happened. Pittsburgh bro. is I, in Pennsylvania, I'm sorry. though. I'm sorry, man, but that that was literally I couldn't believe that that happened. Uh, Dan, that yeah, I I I think it's great that you want to do that. Um, you should probably stop saying that you want to be an air traffic controller on this podcast because you're going to get put on a government list eventually here. Um, well, knowing knowing, knowing yeah, hear this. knowing Mike and I and and uh, obviously yeah, Mike and I. Gonna, Mike and I yeah. will not disclose uh, what him and I write about on the side of this podcast. Um, but Mike and I, at one point, will be put into psychiatric wards uh, at some point. I, I think we all will. I mean, for God's sakes, dude, if, if the fucking Packers win the Super Bowl, you guys are going to have to – they're going to have to put me – All right. All right. On a side note board. here, Joey, though, and, and Mike can agree with this because, he, again, he's known me since sixth grade. I am not one of those Packer fans that will come to you and immediately mm -hmm. start rubbing shit in your face. Like, yeah, but you do it in your own little Packer fan way. And yeah, but how so then? Like, it's honestly. all in your it's it's in your DNA, dude. You do this little thing where it's like they somehow the refs they'll be playing at Lambeau, 
and you'll like flip a switch at Buffalo Wild Wings, like in those commercials from 2013. <laughs> and fucking the next thing you know, Brett Favre has a sprinkler go through his foot <laughs> and we're out of first place. And it's just that you win in the shittiest little ways and you get to school the next day and you have this little, I didn't say anything type <laughs> attitude. And it, it, man, I just, I just can't. Then, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to respond to that statement with a question to you. Ha, has there been any other person that is not a Vikings fan that literally went out of their way to call you on the phone after the <laughs> Stefan Diggs touchdown against the Saints and say, congrats? I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah I, I forgot, forgot about, about that. that. Because I would never do that to a Packers Yeah, okay. Fan. I would never consider that. Put like, that in your fucking perspective. <laughs> that is that is a good that is a good that's funny. Oh man. I don't look, dude, it's um it's like having a racist father almost. My dad's not racist, I'm not saying that, but he he taught me to hate Packers fans. And I just don't like your kind. All right. I just I just don't like them. <laughs> That's how I was raised. The, the, the one thing that, and again, I, I probably speak on behalf of Mike here, is that I cannot stay. I'm fine with Vikings fans. I'm fine with Bears fans. Fine with Cowboys fans. The one fan base I will never. Boston. Have, yeah. Yeah. Right there. We can agree on that. Yeah. Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, you name it. Those people are scumbags. Did you guys like my awful Boston joke to start out episode three? I thought that was going to be like, I might got, might've got a response from a person being like, that was racist, but I didn't. Multiple people thought it was funny, but um, <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> so, so that was good. That was good. But um, man, you know, one thing that's like really prepared me to do a podcast that I'm just being reminded of throughout this whole thing is Markel is truly one of my best friends. And he doesn't laugh at 90% of my jokes. And like, we'll just be hanging out and sm smoking pot and drinking. And like our other buddy will be there who thinks I'm even less funny than he does. And I'll just keep <laughs> going and keep going and trying different jokes on them till they get pissed off. It's the greatest shit ever. Well, I think the story. problem is, is you're trying, bro. You gotta, shit ain't funny when you try to force it. No, I definitely force all of it, dude. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> it has to be forced. Otherwise we're just, we're sitting here talking about nothing. I don't know if forced. I agree with, I don't know if I agree with that though, because out of all the years that I've known you, Joe, I mean, the vast majority of people we've been associated with just say that you're an inherently funny person. Well, this is what I mean, dude. And this yeah, is a huge problem that I have. No, no, this is, this is what I mean by that. And th this is something that actually bothers me about myself is I, I cannot help myself. I have to be the person always making the joke and always getting a reaction. Right. And that's what I mean by forcing it. And a lot of comics actually talk about they can't stand when people do that, which definitely bothers me about myself. Yeah, that's probably like, that's the kid. In You're seeing Joe Rogan do stand up. Oh, dude, I saw him live. Markel dropped me off at, at the bus station he, and I went awful. down there. Oh fuck off, dude! He's so good. He's no, no, no. I'm about his to. I'm about to go full his, bro on his, you right his now. His podcasts are good, but his stand-up is dog shit. I disagree. <laughs> I did. I completely disagree. That's, I that's went fine. And saw one of his live. That's shows. fine because so Mike funny. and Mike and I, we won't name names here. Obviously, we were sitting down at a friend's house, and one of our buddies literally dug out his phone 
and said, you guys got to watch this. This is, you know, rolling on the floor, <laughs> laughing content. And Mike and I were watching yeah. this and then Mike and I just turned to each other and we're just like, this is dog shit. <laughs> yeah, but Dan, you also showed a group of middle schools. Like, you remember when all of our friends would come over? This was like 2011 and you would put on Airplane and expect guys like Casey and Ben to be like, that's fucking hilarious. Well, I mean, if you were to if you were to go to them right now and ask about yeah. that movie, they would agree yeah. with me and saying that's one of the funniest movies they have ever seen. You are right about that. You take chances, Dan, and I respect that. Right, exactly. It's, it's a funny-ass movie. Yes. Um, I also remember there was so many good times we just we had hanging out at your house. Do you remember... Uh, this was like one of the most embarrassing moments of my life, dude. Do you remember? Uh, oh, no, I know where you're, I know where you're getting with this. You, you know I, where I'm going with this? I already know where you're going with it. Yep. Yeah. I want to, I have so many follow-up questions as well. So okay, me, sure. me, this kid, Devin shouts out, shout out to Devin. Um, is, he was, uh, I think we all, you guys all know who I'm talking about. Devin M. Yes. It, uh, it really yes. doesn't, it doesn't really matter towards the story, but I don't know. Um, Anyway, one time the three of us were going to have a sleepover. It was a Friday. So we all went to Dan's house after school and his parents were leaving. So we were all like, we were all excited. Like my parents didn't let me do that shit. Dan's parents didn't make me tell my parents. So I was like, this is fucking awesome. We're going to have a party here. So I was super excited. And the second his parents leave, I take off my shirt and start swinging it around. I jump on a table. I'm like, woo, woo, party. I'm like humping the air and shit and five seconds later Dan's mom walks back in and she's like oh these kids are all fucking each other <laughs> like, she's like she's like okay my son's gay uh, like, they clearly brought over this extremely flamboyant young uh, chubby kid and he's he's going full out right now so I mean, that was seriously, that was one of the worst moments of my life. I thought she was going to like call my parents and try to tell them I was gay or something like that. <laughs> oh, dude, I used to be so scared of that shit. Like it would bother me for days. One time I, uh, I was at, uh, Markel, you remember this kid, Cole, he lived in my neighborhood and uh, yeah. his cousin was over one day. And while we were playing Call of Duty Zombies or something like I called him an asshole just because we were like in sixth grade and he killed me in the game or something. I was like, oh, you asshole. And his Cole's mom was downstairs. And I seriously, I thought my life was over. I thought she was going to call my mom and tell her I was like bullying this kid. And I, Cole eventually was like, dude, what, what's wrong? Like what you seem, you seem bummed out. And I was like, man, I just feel like your mom is going to call my mom. And Cole was like, dude, my mom doesn't do that shit. You, you're, you're being ridiculous right now. I always used to get scared of that shit as a kid. I wasn't I wasn't allowed to watch PG thirteen movies, so I was always I'll trying to get away with shit. Oh yeah, that's that's insane, honestly. But um, yeah, one thing I wanted to circle back to that I thought would be a good topic, and we can kind of just go through all three of us, um, is what's what's the worst job you've ever had? Uh, earlier when we were talking about how our jobs were going, I uh, I thought of that. So. I mean, does anybody want to start out? Anybody got a terrible sure. job they were at? Sure. And, and, and number one, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get too sentimental here, but it's pretty fucking cool right now that all four of us are here just bullshitting with each other, knowing that. Oh, it's I great. Mean, yeah. I mean, Mar Markel was one of the first guys that I actually met in middle school in our social studies class in sixth grade. Um, I think mm -hmm. him and I were actually the ones that did the uh, Mesopotamia project together. 
that oh, shit was shit. pretty fun. And then I'll tell them I both started in Lakeville at the same time. Exactly. So exactly. I remember right. that. that. Yeah, we, we all, all met class. each other on uh wasn't it like team uh the Olympians, right? Yes, wasn't that sir. Yeah, that was the team. Yeah, there we go. Um so I, I just want I just wanted to throw that out there. But the worst job I've ever had, no second thoughts about it was fucking Culver's. It, oh, I, that, shit. Okay. That was I my, love that. This, that was my gotta it, be it was my there's first gotta job. be a great story from that. No, it was my first how, how old are you? Um, I was a junior, junior <laughs> okay. in high school. I, I started in November of 2014 and then left in February of 2015. So I was only there for about a few months. Um, and I just remember it, it was, it was like good money because it was a way that like, you know, I was still a junior going on senior in school. I was able to get some money on the side and just kind of save it up for college and whatnot. And I remember when I was getting interviewed and stuff like that, you know, my managers would be like, okay, we'll train you on everything. We'll train you on the register, train you how to cook, um, drive through, whatever have you, like guest service in the dining room, you name it. They they trained me on two things. They trained me on how to clean a fucking table and how to ring someone up at the register. And I went up, I I went up to the guy and I said, we, we can't do this. Well, I, I, I cannot talk. To, I, I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, I'm not only do you guys treat your employees like shit, but I am not going to work five hours in terms of going and asking people, can I wipe down your table for you when they're not even halfway into their meal? I just, I'm, I'm not just like, fuck off. Dude. I'm not for that. I'm just not for that. You know? And, and just, I, I just told them, I oh, said, you, you can, you can just fuck yourself, you know? And so, that's yeah um that's that's exactly (laughs) exactly and i just no dude what were you you weren't there at all when when the woman crashed through the the bathroom were you um i was not did you hear about this i was yes yeah so for anybody that doesn't know that's listening in lakeville minnesota um there's a Culver's and this old woman, this poor old woman literally drove right through the side of it and just destroyed (laughs) all the urinals in the bathroom. (laughs) And I just, I mean, I can't think of a worse way to go. Like you just ate a butter burger. You fucking, you're like, Oh God, I'm going to take a nap after this. You pull your cock out, start peeing. And you're like, as you're shaking off and you get that little shiver, your whole body explodes. (laughs) Because some woman that shouldn't be driving decided she decided she needed decided she needed a custard that bad. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh shit! I mean, we can I, right. You can obviously because oh it, it's it's a it's it's a little bit. Um. <laughs> it's a little bit you know a little bit uh of pent-up frustration right now coming out of me because it's like because like i genuinely liked working there like I'm, I'm a people person i love interacting with people and helping them out but when when the majority of my shift is doing something that i was told i would do and then it end up not being that i just yeah. i'm like i'm like you you guys can fuck yourselves i'm i'm, I'm done with this yeah, it seems like a rough place to work. Um, but the I mean, the, the people that I worked with were great. I mean, yeah. my coworkers were really cool people. Um, 
So it was, um, it was a good time, but then I obviously moved on to, to better jobs in the future. Yeah, I, I'll never forget the first time I ever went there in my life. Like, right, it was like a week after it opened and I was a little kid. We had just left church. So it's my my extremely Catholic mother and father and my little sister. She's like six and I'm like eight. And we get in there and there's two teenagers at the front of the line with their pants completely pulled to the ground. And they're just standing there in their underwear. And my dad just goes what the fuck and we left it was like he's like what the fuck is wrong with these people why would they not kick them out were they doing some type of protest or something (laughs) so ridiculous dude i'll never forget that but um mike do you have a worst job of all time i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm still on the phone here i'm gonna piss in one of these bottles while i listen to you guys is mike still there i'm still here Okay. I mean, easily, I'm thinking the worst thing I've ever done was uh, door-to-door sales. I mean, it's, it's by far the worst. Oh, and when fuck you're in a, that. A crime-ridden town like like uh, the 505, you know, everybody's paranoid. So when you go to their house, you know, the first thing they think is, you know, it's gonna someone's going to, you know, try and break in. So they have all the, the securities. They got bars over their windows, bars oh, over the doors. You can't even see through the door, so you don't even know who you're talking to. Um, and those really, really annoying ring zoom bells or whatever. And it's, it's that in of itself is super unwelcoming. And so you just, just all the very, very uh, jumpy and, and angry people you get, you, know, you just go to their house and they're in a horrible mood. And, you know, yeah. my, my you walk up me to a door. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, my, my, my pal got me in on this one. And it, it, he's, uh, he, he's a good hustler. He's from, uh, uh, Chihuahua, Mexico, and so uh, we went to school together, and and uh, he actually was very good at this. I don't know how he was. It's it's it, I still to this day I could never figure out how he was so successful. Um, just just the way he was able to talk to people is just something I could never do. So I guess there are mm-hmm. different skills people have, and <clears throat> I mean, boy, as soon as I start talking to people, so many of them just just tell me to basically buzz off. You know, yeah. some people threaten to call the police on me and some people threaten to call their dog on me a few times. And so, you know, it was it was just never a pleasant thing. And so, you know, overall, it was a very, very bad experience and uh, not something I'm not something I'm happy doing. I mean, I did campaign work uh, uh, before that there and it that, that of itself was really bad as well. But I mean, who did you? Who, just, oh, you probably don't want to say. Who did you, can you say who you did the campaign work for? Can you probably not say? Oh, it's, it's gubernatorial camp, a gubernatorial campaign back in uh, 2018. I mean, it was nothing, I was nothing sleazy. I mean, okay. um, I mean, there's nothing sleazy about it. I'm, all, I'm always honest. I think it's probably my biggest, my biggest flaw in a sense of, uh, in a sense of being a salesman or, or even in a sense of being a politician, you know, I, I'm very honest. I don't like to inflate what I do or, right. or, you know, sort of, sort of mislead people to me I feel guilty if I even know if, if I find that I misled someone even unintentionally I feel bad about it so of course yeah yeah that's why we need you Mike we need you to be president I'm telling you that'd be so great <laughs> did you ever get somebody in all your times going door to door that was like clearly on drugs you know I, they I were got like some weird who the fuck are you like like they thought you were the police you know, luckily, I didn't go any of those neighborhoods. They they weren't 
these are the neighborhoods that that seem to get that would seem to get picked on, but never had people who picked on people. And so, um, the people there were more a defensive, hostile, than mm-hmm. than than like a than an aggressive uh, sort of offensive, hostile. So I mean, it, but it was very very di- it was it was still very unpleasant. I mean, I had some really animated animated people come at me, you know, about things and. Yeah, I mean, man, that's too bad. Yeah. I mean, if there's one like if they could just know you, they would not do that. That's what's so messed up is like everybody in the moment, all that all you can really all you have time to give a shit about is yourself. And so you're just like, what, dude, I don't want to buy your fucking knives. Fuck off. So I have a question. So like, how do you uh, react when they like act that way towards you, Mike? Like, What's like the best thing to do? I mean, obviously, the best thing to do is never to get defensive. I mean, if you start to, like, try and counter back it. Oh, so my, so we tried. The, I didn't try it. My friend tried it. And he tries countering back at them. And that's when she just take the the person at the door. She just takes it to a completely new level. And yeah. so we actually just book it, you know, at that point. Like, <laughs> let's, just, let's just leave this neighborhood right now. But eventually I'm like, no, 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 Pop. No, Paolo, we're, we're going back to this. We're going to drive by this house, you know, and we're going to blast up music and we're just, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, what, fuck but, them. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't do we didn't do nothing illegal. So, I mean, yeah, you, you know, what is what is she going to do? You know, we, you know, so I, I don't know. But, <clears throat> you know, we're just, you know, it's all benevolent. Uh, there's there's nothing, nothing ever hostile for what we wanted to do. I mean, she's the one threatening and, and everything. And, and, and we left. I mean, we just asked a question and she got all bent out of shape. Um, so, I mean, yeah, obviously, I mean, just, just be calm. Is that's that's been my thing, you know? Stoic. Don't don't really right. don't, don't feed into them, that. Like, yeah, don't feed into them because the more you give back to them, the more you try to like turn it against them, the more they just get amplified. It's it's a it's a really it doesn't work like vectors. It just it's pure magnitude. You know, it's 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 very mm-hmm. very awful to see. Yeah, I uh, I just I refuse to be mean to a person that's like, unless it's like a telemarketer that keeps calling over and over again. Like, I just can't bring myself to be mean to or just like be an asshole to a salesperson unless they're like trying to get me to sign up for something. I was at the mall like a year ago and I was just buying a pair of jeans because like I just I just needed one pair and I don't I don't know anything about jeans. Right. So I. I go to the Abercrombie and Fitch and there's this, there's this dude working and he was like, you know, they get paid on commission or whatever and how many people they sign up for their rewards program. And so he gets me through all my stuff and we're, we're sitting at the, at the counter and he's like pleading with me uh, to sign up for, for their rewards program at Abercrombie and Fitch. I'm like, dude, I'm never going to be back here again. And I like, as he's like trying and trying and trying, I'm like, what is with this guy? I noticed that his like manager is right behind him, just staring him down. I'm like, oh fuck! I hope I didn't just get this dude in trouble. Like he looked like he was about to be taken to the back to be lashed if he didn't get me signed up. You know, it was just, it just sucks uh, having to sell stuff. I really, I really don't don't envy the people that have to. Yeah. What about you, Markel? You got you got a uh, worst job of all time? Yeah. Um. Let's see, when I worked at Subway, you know, it was kind of mm. cool at first, you know, like, 
it wasn't really a busy subway all the time. So, you know, you have all your little tasks done. You can just be chilling in the back, doing whatever you want, you know. But over yeah. time, you know, it started. It was a our manager just randomly disappeared. We had like some like ghetto like black lady, and like she just like disappeared. And like we didn't have a manager pretty much. And so uh, mm. one day I had a shift, and like this like dude like didn't come in, and um it got like really busy, and I'm just running the whole store. And it's just, like, getting just packed and, like, it's getting so busy to the point where, like, I'm running out of bread. Like, I'm not able to cook more bread because I'm, like, serving people. And so, like, the operation was, like, about to stop. And I was, like, you know what? Fuck this. And I went in the back and I turned off the subway lights and I locked the doors. And it was only, like, 7 o'clock. And I was just, like, I had to take a couple minutes. And just <laughs> I was just That's like, so badass. I'm like, I'm not oh doing God. all this shit. Like, I was busting my ass. You shut shit. that shit down. Dude, that is making me laugh so hard then, thinking about how many white soccer moms were in line. Just like, I can't believe people did it. Off. I can't believe. Like, I can't believe. That is amazing. It's Markel, like, that is truly badass called, and like, hilarious. Manager, like, whatever. And then they, like, randomly just, like, got someone to come in, like, 20 30 minutes later but i was just like okay this job like they got me fucked up like i'm not I'm not Dude, i mean that is just i imagine like with all the people that were in that town we grew up how many racial slurs were going through the heads of those people as you slam down all of the like all of the shit over the lunch meat and turn off the sign and run to the back oh my god dude that is that is really a good story. You want to hear another funny story? Yeah. I worked with some dude yes. named like uh, Jose or something, and this dude was like mm-hmm. fucking like druggy type shit, and like this dude got fired from the job because he tried to finesse his own aunt with like fake bills <laughs> buying a sub when he wasn't <laughs> working. <laughs> oh my god, dude! There is no depth to how low these people will sink, man. Like, Oh. Could you imagine having to be around someone like that, like every day of the week? Like, yeah, it's that's not good rough. for your fucking mental. Like, dude, you should have come to work at the at the Quiznos. I'm pretty sure there's like still a pending investigation against us. <laughs> that shit was amazing, man. We would be selling, and I can say this now because I don't, you know, I don't sell drugs anymore. But, uh, like, literally, we would be selling pretty much Xanax, meth, and and weed out of there. And I was just selling weed, obviously, but it was the greatest, I mean, it was the greatest system ever because we all had each other's backs and nobody was telling on anybody. Nobody was stealing each other's shit because to be honest, those guys didn't like weed that much. I didn't really fuck with meth. So, I I mean, I didn't at all. So it was basically like, we all just kind of did our own shit. And eventually we started noticing that there was people parking across like in the parking lot and taking pictures of us and shit like that and so we were I mean it had to be a few days away from from getting shut down just like that like Markel I'm sure you remember that that Super America they had the investigation because they were selling shit out of there and just dude just every day we would pretty much go out there and signal to these people like we know you saw us we're done so you're not going to get us and we never got caught it was so insane. 
and uh i mean you know we would we would see them yeah we would see them out there and we would just like literally walk up wave at them and they would take off it was insane it was so scary great times though great times you know um i remember did you guys have one of the kids i worked with was uh i shouldn't say his name is is andrew his last name w we can we can edit that out later do you, do you guys know who I'm talking about? I have no idea. I don't think so. This guy was absolutely crazy, man. He was like, I remember there was one time, so he was best friends with this other dude that was lit, that was uh, working at the Quiznos. And at the time, this dude was living with, uh, you guys remember my, my good friend from high school, Taylor? Yeah. Yeah, so he... So this guy had moved in with Taylor. Taylor's mom said it was okay and everything. And uh, this guy, you know, just trying to get back on his feet and everything. He's a year older than us. And Andrew was friends with all three of us. Right. And he just had this crazy, crazy Xanax addiction, dude. Like he would literally pop six, seven bars at a time. And one time he did 12, bro. So fucking Dan, RIP Dan, this is, you know, my friend that uh that died back in 2016 he's the guy that was staying with taylor and he calls me one day freaking out like this is as i'm driving to work and he goes dude dude i don't know what to do andrew took 12 zans and i gotta get him out of here taylor's whole family is coming over for a reunion and i'm like dude i i'm on my way to work like there's not anybody there's only one person there right now so i i can't i can't just come there immediately He's like, I'm going to get kicked out. I got nowhere to go. Do you think you can just help me out this once? I'm like, fuck. So I turn the car around. I'm like, I'm going to be late. I call them and I get there and Taylor's whole family is showing up. Right. And they they all like recognized me because we were closed back then. And they were like, oh, you're you're Joey, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just uh, I got to grab something from inside. And I go in there and I find Andrew. He's staring at the ceiling. And his eyes are bright yellow. And I'm like, holy fuck. There's, I mean, he might be dead. And I'm, I shake him awake, right? And he's just, uh, uh, he can't talk, can't walk. I'm like, how the fuck am I gonna get this guy out of here? So I literally went full weekend at Bernie's. I put this guy around my arm and I prop him up. And I'm like, dude, just keep your head down and I'll get you to the car. As I'm leaving, his whole family is coming in and they're seeing this puppet of a man just completely, basically like half alive as I'm bringing him out of the house. And they're going, is that, is that Dan? And I'm like, yep, that's, this is him. He's just, he's super tired. I put this guy in my car, drop him off at a gas station. I don't, eventually he got arrested that night. It's absolutely insane um crazy shit we, i mean we've all had crazy jobs you know it's just wild what's your uh, worst job experience joey uh well or i mean it's gotta job. be it's gotta be between that at you know i worked for two factories and then the, Mac, the mcdonald's i worked for right outside Pittsburgh. it's gotta be the mcdonald's i mean they refused to give me my last paycheck <laughs> they uh you know, every McDonald's is pretty much a multi-million dollar corporation. There's almost no time of day where the line isn't completely backed up and they refuse to fix the drink machine. So every time that somebody ordered a drink, I would have to run to like buy, 
the bathrooms or whatever where the other drink thing was to go fill it up for them. And I tried to I tried to uh, argue with the manager one day, and she yelled at me about it. It was insane. I, I think I put this story uh, this this story on my on my Snapchat the other day. But did I tell you guys? I ever tell you guys about the the white manager that fired a black teenager for saying the N word? The most wild shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it was like partially my fault, dude. Oh my god. So what? this kid. Yeah, this kid and I, I was on, um, do you know what Kratom is? Yeah. Yeah, it's basically gas station heroin. And uh, I would just get <laughs> fucked up on it before I would go to my McDonald's job. This is, I mean. Was you that think, bad? Oh, dude, this was rock bottom easily. This was before I moved to that ho- uh, motel. But anyway, this kid and I, I like keep fucking up orders. And he goes, this, mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, you know, I ah, we're all joking around. I was like the only white person there. So I didn't even think anything of it, you know. And our manager overhears it. She's like, you need to stop saying that, Deshaun. I'm serious. And he's just basically like, fuck off, bitch. Five minutes later, does the same thing. And she just goes, that's it. You're fired. I told you not to say that word. You're out. And we're all just sitting there like, is this actually happening right now? Like, this is, we are watching like a serious racist act take place and (laughs) nothing's going to happen to this woman. She's still there for sure. You can't, Markel, what's, what's your thoughts about that? I mean, you're not on camera right now, so people can't see that you're black, but I mean, would that absolutely, would you want to bash that bitch's head in with a pan? I mean, seriously, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. I mean, who is she to say? You can't say yeah. that, but she's a white fifty-five-year-old named Shari. I wish I knew her last name. I would call her out right now. But, but... you know, that just kind of happens sometimes when you know women are in like power positions. You know, she's a manager. <laughs> so that, like, that's a little for the record. That is not my opinion. Ladies. Yeah, that, that is, is not where I expected that, that a, opinion to go. Yeah, that that's so a little. Uh, oh I don't know. God. I just look at it like he tried to <laughs> test her pretty much because you know he kind of knew the consequences if he like kept going against her word and like it it wasn't that i think he was just a black dude that was just talking to be honest i don't think he was trying (gasps) to defy anything that's how it was (laughs) i think that's how it was i i don't think this guy was trying to uh test women in power positions i don't think he was going full rosa parks by the fry section like i don't think he was well you just said that he like he said it again i mean if she said said it again because that's just how he talked that's just how he talked like that was what you know it's like how i say the word man all the time you know that's just how he ended sentences and this woman took it as he was trying to be you know in her own racist mind she took it as he was trying to be a thug so she fired him that's what i think happened i mean do you markel do you know i just want to know this question i mean do you know a single black person personally that would get offended by another black person saying that word no I mean, it's so ridiculous. That woman should be fired. It's insane, but she won't be. I mean, that's out in ben- in uh, Bellevue, Pennsylvania. That's got to be <clears throat> one of the most racist parts of Pennsylvania. I remember one of the first days I moved there, dude, we were moving a uh, washing. I had to move a washing machine with our landlord. And this guy comes up to me and he's like, oh, so you're from Minnesota, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, crazy how many bleeps there are out here and i just go i have known this guy for less than 30 seconds and that's his opener 
That's his opener. I couldn't believe it. So now I've got to move a washing machine. And I, you know, I don't, you know me, I don't go for that fucking shit. It makes me uncomfortable when our, when our friend, you know who Markel says the, says it just, you know, to talk when he's off the perks. But this guy full on says the hard R and now I've got to move a washing machine downstairs with him. And I'm like, fuck this. What am I doing right now? You know? Oh, so ridiculous. And I told I told the people I was living with about it and they go, that's just Roger, you know? I'm like, no, I don't. No, that's just not know. just that's, Roger. <laughs> that's not just Roger. Roger's a scumbag. Oh, oh, Roger's a fucking dick, dude. There was so many people like that out there. I got jumped twice. All, I mean, it was just crazy. Fuck Bellevue. Hey, if you're listening to this and, and you're from Bellevue and your name's not Jen, literally go gag on multiple sets of balls. Fuck you, you Pennsylvania trash. <laughs> Anybody else want to say something so that doesn't sound so harsh? I don't know. It feels like Mike and I have been assigned to the sidelines now for the past 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, I apologize for no, that. No, there's, had, there's, you know, no, this, there's, this episode is brought to you by multiple Heinekens. I've been drinking since noon. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah. It's actually, no, it's interesting hearing, hearing your guys' stories and kind of the adventures y'all have been on. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm speaking. Uh, I mean, I'm speaking for Mike, and huh? yeah, I mean, I'm speaking for Mike, and I when I say that him and I have not even been remotely on the the levels of a uh, shit that you've experienced, Joey. So it's 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 definitely interesting. I uh, yeah, man, it's so funny. My whole family out here makes this joke because I grew up like I never had to worry about money or my where my next meal was going to come from or how I was going to like buy new cleats for football. And now I, I'm like worried sometimes that my lights aren't going to turn on because I'm behind on the bill. And my whole family out here thinks it's so funny to say that I went from uh, like the original saying is you went from rags to riches. And I just went from riches to rags. bro. <laughs> I went from Lakeville, Minnesota to living in Ambridge, Pennsylvania, just like that. Like it's it's wild. I mean, now. You know, I, I ate beans for three meals a few weeks ago. It's it gets tight around here, you know. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's a good time though. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go back. I honestly wouldn't, you know, I, I know that you, you and Mike don't like really do anything illegal, but you know, neither do I, I just, I just like to smoke pot and out there I was treated like a serious criminal. I mean, you remember, you remember in high school, that was ridiculous. And well, it's basically like being on a giant high school campus. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I vaguely remember it because I know that you, you, you and I were more acquainted in middle school and then mm-hmm. we, we still talk, don't get me wrong on in, uh, in high school, but, but that uh, it wasn't as uh, frequent as it wasn't at century. Um, right. So, but otherwise I know that we were talking yesterday. You, I mean, you and I were, uh, Markel was as well about, our funniest middle school stories during our time, our time at century. Um, And I feel like because Mike wasn't there to talk with us there um, that we should probably give him the floor as well uh, to start off with in terms of his, his most memorable humorous story that he experienced from, uh, from century. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to take a piss while he's doing it. I'm still here though. Is Mike even there? 
Is my is Mike oh, still in here? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I just obviously. I mean, Dude. middle school is just that is a crazy time because of just how immature people were and just the different levels of maturity people had. You had some very very good characters, and you just had people who are just absolute demons. I mean. Some of the things people would say to me and the way people treated me. And yeah. every day I just got crap from everybody. I mean, people just did not give me a break. And then, God forbid, I, I, I start to grow a fro and everybody's just, oh. And, and the racial slurs just came in and they did not stop coming. You know, it was just terrible. Dude, at our school, you were like the Mexican Colin Kaepernick, dude. That's insane. No, I, I was. The well, and I, I eventually got that name, too. Uh, oh, that's hilarious. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it back like in tenth grade, you know, uh, there was a one kid in particular, like, "Hey, yo, Kaepernick, what's up?" You know, and then, you know, that's that became, wild. That became my nick- That's you know, so wild. Was- yeah, niggas are fucked up in fucking Lakeville. I'm not gonna lie, like, yeah, demons. Yeah, that's bro, no like, good. <laughs> I remember one time, um, it was gym class at Century Middle School, and you know, we were just doing a little three on three basketball. And, um, you know, I don't want to say no um, full names or nothing, but Ben P, you know that guy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, dude, he listens to this podcast. So be He'll careful. remember this. You he know what, this, dude? And... You know what, dude? This is on you. And if this he was your experience, so, all right. Um, he was guarding me, bro. And, like, for whatever reason, you know, he thought it'd just be hilarious to whisper, you know, that hard R in my ear. Oh, so, you know so what rough. I did? That's I gave him so the hard. Rough. I gave him the hard. I gave him the hard elbow to his ear, and I literally just <laughs> threw my elbow back and hit him right in his ear. And, um, oh my! That was that, God. you know. I think Dude, that, I um, think. Look, look. I will say I have to defend him a little bit here. I have talked to him recently. He's not like that anymore. That was a shitty oh, thing definitely. to do, and no, I, I believe I you. But him. like, I don't. I yeah. don't um, hold any hate towards anyone. Like, I don't mm-hmm. hate anyone. Okay, so not only has this segued into me asking the funniest stories and then Mike devises up racial attacks against him using an afro. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mike, I, I, I was looking Nike commercial, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nike. I was. It's all we about how we were treated. Joey and I were equal at this middle school. Yeah, John, Joey and I were probably looking for John something trip, more, uh, more humorous. Uh, no, that is. Uh, it, it came out to be a little bit funny. That was, I mean, yeah. I look, we put him on the spot right there. It's hard to think right. of him on the spot. Right, for sure. right. Well, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think anything was, I mean, things that were overall funny I mean, without really getting to, to explain things. I mean, they're, they're, they're not, they're not funny in like, in like a comical sense, you know, that you'd present on, you know, in, in a right. stage. They're just, they're so funny because of just how, how candid and how stupid it was, you know, right. whether it was, yeah. uh, our favorite uh, import, our favorite friend, uh, and his uh, just the, the, uh, well, it comes back to just the, the words he used and, and why he used them. Dan knows exactly who I'm I know exactly about. who he is on about. <laughs> you know, and you know, from that, you know, just all of his antics. Joey, I'm pretty sure you'll know. Who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. Joey, Joey. If if Mike hasn't given the the mo- the best indirect hints at who he's getting at right now, um, th- this give guy. Me, yeah, give me a couple more. Okay, this guy wasn't from our country. He, he okay. He's okay, from the other he, side of the Pacific Ocean. 
Was he one of the? Was he? Uh, was he one of the? Uh, like exchange. We had like an exchange thing, didn't we? No, I don't think he was an exchange. I think he was just. He actually moved here. And okay. Okay. Was it? With... Did it start with a ch? Yes. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was. It was. It was. Dude, that's that's really one of the most com- it's, it's one of the most com- Okay. Look. Listen. 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 You can say. You can say first names. You can say first names and then followed by the the last initial. Well, I don't know fine. how the naming works. I, I told Markel not to do that right. yesterday. Sorry, Markel. I, I kind of went back on that. It's, we don't well, need to. Well. All right. So Chen. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you can just right. say that. That's like one of the most common names in China. And he, for the record, he's from China. I'm not like being like like a dick right now. No, no. I mean, no, you're right. And and I remember Mike and I actually one of our favorite stories came from Chen when Mike and I were in ours in the same family and consumer sciences course oh. in seventh grade. <laughs> what a fucking bullshit and, class that and, was. And Mike and I were in the same module, and we were mm-hmm. I think module. I think, oh. I think we are in, we are we are in. Um, Word makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> we were in one of those uh, those courses in terms of sewing pillows. Um, do you remember mm. doing that sewing pillows? Why? <laughs> I'm like, what are you, a woman in, in the 1700s? What I still Teddy have my Ross? pillow, to be honest. God damn it! And uh, and then Chen, uh, he so I remember Betsy Ross. In in Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, well, I won't say her name, but it was a thing where one of her instructions were if you needed help to turn on one of the uh, the station lights at your uh, at your station, just for extra assistance. And mm-hmm. I remember Chen turned it on, and then he stood up on the desk and started singing Gwen Stefani. And no, and, how did he know that? And Mike and, Mike and I, funny? Mike and I just started looking at each other. Like, this, for a year. Yeah, Mike and I just started looking at each other like this shit's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> and, <we're> just... <laughs> and was the teacher oh, that teacher <laughs> that was the teacher with like major bipolar problems? Right. Uh, I don't want to call them problems. No, but... no, that that was no, a this was one. Her last name didn't rhyme with Florg um maybe i'm not sure maybe it was a different one yeah yeah dude but i was in that class wait did you finish your story sorry i'm kind of drunk no i know that that's (laughs) that's basically the gist of mike and i's story and and there's another one that like mike and i are the only ones that really see it as funny but you and mark hill probably wouldn't see it as funny so that's why i'm i'm refraining from sharing that one more so just sharing the one about chen uh using the um well uh, i mean i i have i have a pretty good one that i remember dude um do you remember there's this girl named Alyssa, and her last name was t she was a really like her last name wasn't t it started with a t she was like a really short asian girl she was super nice um do you remember her uh, was it olisa yeah yes yeah. yeah right 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 Dude, so this girl was just one of the nicest, quietest people in our whole grade. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I was a little dude back then. This was probably in like six, it was sixth grade. And uh, she must have weighed 50 pounds. I mean, she was the probably the smallest girl in our grade. And so okay, um, she, you know, when you're that, there's like people, there were people in our grade that were already the size of high schoolers. Do you remember Cal P? I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I can say his name. I don't want to say his name for this story. He's like a famous YouTuber now. He's like a model or something. But 
I remember we he was had incredibly this good at baseball too. I mean, he was a great. Yeah, pitcher. yeah, man. I I can't believe he didn't like. Uh, he must have played a little bit in college, did he, or something like that? I'm not sure. I, I, anyway, anyway, he asked me so. He and I were in the same math class, and he was one. Like, if he was late one more time, he was gonna fail the class. And luckily, we had a pretty cool math teacher. So, like, he thought the bell rang. And he's like, oh, no, fuck. I'm like, you know, I'm like a minute away at least. And he just starts sprinting because he thinks he's going to make it there. And the teacher's going to be cool with it. Keep in mind, <laughs> this kid could have been a D1 athlete. I don't know if he actually was. He's running and his arms, dude. I mean, if his arms would have hit one, hit me back, then it would have knocked me over. He hits <laughs> Alyssa, <laughs> knocks her through two garbage cans, a, a garbage can in a recycling bin onto the floor in front of our dean and he doesn't know that the dean saw him okay but he looks back so the dean's behind him alisa is on the ground next to him he pivots and looks at her he goes i'm so sorry and he takes off running so he saw her but he didn't see our dean behind him and the dean just literally like he goes it was like batman at the beginning of batman the animated series when those two guys are robbing the bank and you just see his eyes go like this, you know? And he starts chasing Cal. I'm like, Cal, Cal. I'm like, do I tell? Because this guy's, a, you know, he's a friend of mine. I was like, do I tell him or do I try to help the girl that he just collapsed the lung of? Like, she's clearly got several broken ribs. And she's just lying on the ground. Okay, okay. She she caught him and she gonna, all she was she was okay and he just had to apologize. I, I'm gonna run. So I, I'll probably run one by you guys quick and you guys are probably all okay. familiar with these names. I can probably um, talk to it on a more private level once we're done recording. And for what it's worth, Joey, I bought the upgraded version, so we are unfilled. You did right not. Now. I did unlimited time, big guy. Unlimited time right you, now, so we're, you we're did good. I have to do that. I will. I will. Uh, I'll Venmo you this week. Make sure. No, that's no. Yeah, that's fine. But regardless, so. All three of you guys are aware of two names that I'll present to you. I obviously won't say the last names out of courtesy to them, but mm -hmm. um, this is mm -hmm. a story from, I believe it was seventh. I th I'm going to say eighth grade in gym class mm -hmm. where it was a day where it was storming outside. So um, the gym teachers are like, okay, um, we're not going to go outside. We're just going to play around a kickball in the main gym by the uh, cafeteria. Oh. Um, and Trent, <laughs> and evan no this is markel's Tre best friend Tr trent and evan um mm. so they were kind oh, of big so, g yeah we were playing um yeah we were playing uh kickball and out of yeah. nowhere like they they started like for some reason <laughs> that those two were were very few people that took kickball incredibly fucking seriously uh, it, during middle school yeah. gym and fire they turned into into fourth quarter Aaron Rodgers it, 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 right right and so they basically they're on different teams and I think I was on Trent's team and Mike was mm -hmm. on uh, on Evan's team I remember that actually and they start shit talking to each other like oh I uh bet you can't fucking kick a home run this round man and I'm like all right. I'm like all right I'll I'll take a step back and see see what this is about. So, <laughs> So what happens is that um, 
I, I can't remember who threw who threw the ball or who like quote unquote rolled it to home plate for someone to kick it. Um, mm-hmm. But it was uh, it was uh, it was Evan who kicked the ball, and it okay. it had uh, it had hit Trent in the glasses on third base. Oh, um, no. And I'm like, oh shit! Is like, is he all right? And so. You know, gym teachers like they stopped playing stuff like like that just to make sure that he wasn't you know concussed or something like that. <laughs> and then Trent got up with the kickball and went up to Evan and he said, "Fuck you, dude." And then, and then probably from a five foot distance, whip the ball at his head. <laughs> it ricocheted oh. back into his arms and then he whipped it at his throat. And then, remember yeah. that, bro. and then he just said, fuck this, I'm out of here. And he just kicked <laughs> the gym doors open and left and just didn't see from him the rest of the day. I'm like, this guy just got hit in the head with a kickball <laughs> unintentionally and just double hit the guy in the head and the throat. He, he for sure, he for sure had issues. But like, my question is, um, what, what was causing those issues? Because back then I didn't, we didn't, even as an, as a society really understand mental health like that. Like, well, I no, always I, wonder... and, no, I mean, and those two are good guys, you know I mean? Like they mean well, but I, I obviously yeah. you, you come across, I wish we could meet him today. And, and, and I'm not, I mean? I, I'm not saying it, it, it applies to them, but I'm just saying back in the day, you had people that were obviously more um, uh, socially shy and timid then people mm-hmm. like you, me, Mike, and Markel were, were known to be a little bit more outgoing, right? And so- Right, right. But, I, but, I, listen, listen, listen. I, I just, I would love to, I want to say this. If anybody that listens to this podcast knows Trent, I would definitely like him to reach out so that I could talk to him because me and that guy had so many problems in like elementary school. And the more I think back on it, I'm like, what? you know, what was going on there. And I would like to hear his side of the story because I actually, now I have, I have a nephew, you know, he's not technically my nephew. I say that to like keep his identity a secret, you know, but he, he has autism. And I mean, right. I told him no about something and he tried to jump out of a window the other day. Like, I'm not right. even kidding. He opened the window, was trying to push out of it, all that stuff. And it's like, Trent, there's so many funny stories, but then I think back on them and I'm like, what? I mean, maybe, maybe he couldn't control it. And I, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure to a degree, maybe he could, but. I don't think he could, because I had to knock him out twice. Yeah, I remember. Didn't learn after the first time. And there's nothing you can do about that. If the person's not physically disabled and they want to fight you, you have to, you have to fight them, right? But I mean, I saw this guy, I was telling Markel the other day, I saw this guy crawl up into a ceiling tile. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> he went well. into the bathroom, climbed up the stall into the ceiling tile. And yes, it's funny, but it's also like, could he control that? I always wonder that. So Trent, well, Trent, if you ever hear this, I would like you to reach out. And you know, we don't have to put it on a podcast, but I would like to hear your side of the story on all and, that. And here's, here's the thing to that. And you bring up a really good point about it. And I probably speak for the behalf of all of us when I say this is that the, the, the difference between middle school and high school and the ability to really understand um, if someone is going through something at a certain point in time is just so significant because during middle school where you're still in the process of maturing and getting to like a really um, established age in terms of your teenage years and getting into being a young adult, it's like 
you and it's and I'm not I'm not accusing myself or any of you three for being guilty of doing this, but it's like you look at someone who's more reserved and doesn't talk a lot, and they're like, oh, that kid must have problems. When you know, mm-hmm. me or the fucking guy at Babe's Bar has no fucking <laughs> idea what that guy could be going through at that point in time, right. and that and that's right. something that as time passed on, especially going mm-hmm. into the latter stages of high school and going into college, that's something that's definitely more. Um, taken into account now. And, and, and that's something that, listen, I mean, I always like uh, jokes, especially, you know, dark humor jokes, you know what I mean, that you'll see on Reddit and stuff like that. But the one thing that I will never poke fun at, whether it's joking or any other types of context is talking about someone else's mental health. I mean, that's, that's an immediate line crosser for, for, you know, overstepping boundaries and stuff like that. It, it, like, does that make sense? I see, I, I get what you're saying, but I also, I will do it. You know, I, I will make jokes about it, even with somebody that's, that's in my family. And I've, I've had some rough discussions with, uh, you know, like his parents about that specifically with like something like the R word, right? Like, I'm just somebody that refuses. I just like, if a word goes perfectly in a joke or something, I'm just, I'm sort of going to say it. Right. And they, they don't agree with that. And that's just like, we had to agree to disagree because I totally get it from their perspective, but also I'm somebody that, I mean, I just, you know, I'm trying to make this podcast because I want to make jokes. And if I think that I can really push something and get a good reaction out of it, my intention is absolutely never to hurt somebody. So if I thought I was going to hurt somebody, I wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? That's just sort of my perspective of it. Like I will... I mean, I'll make a joke about race, mental health, uh, you know, uh, gender, sexuality, whatever it is, because I know in my heart that if I, I that none of that would matter to me. It wouldn't matter to me if somebody was trans, you know, they had Down syndrome, what it doesn't matter to me. I still I have to be able to say what I want. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just think that that's the no, I dig it. That's that's the okay. The interesting point of it all is that it's just it's how people operate differently with stuff like that like usually someone like mike and i kind of know what is fair game and what isn't um and in comparison to someone like yourself joey where you said that you're you know you're the one running the podcast and stuff like that and you and you're someone that obviously i've known this since obviously 2009 where when we started sixth grade that you're always uh, the type of person that says everything and anything that's on your mind. And you're not afraid to speak your mind at that point in time. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's something that's definitely uh, respected. And to be honest with you, how the fuck did we even get on this topic? I, we were, we were talking about, uh, we were talking about because there's so many crazy stories about Trent, you know, and while they're all funny, we have to hear his, his side of the story. So I was saying, my point was we can still joke about it, but at the same time, you know, we have to look at it as I bet the guy probably couldn't control it. And I was definitely a fucking jerk to him because I didn't realize that. You know what I mean? Right. So it's all it's all a matter of are you trying to be like I just think that we're in we're in this whole thing where it's a very slippery slope, you know, like uh, with censorship, I think that's a huge problem in America right now. Um, I would be, I would love to hear Mike's take on this um, as somebody that you you would say you're more of a conservative, right? 
Uh, or libertarian conservative, some somewhere in the in the mix of those, you know. Okay, I thought I thought the other day Dan had mentioned that you were a Trump supporter. Is that am I wrong about that? Because I'm I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. Well, I mean, when he when he's good, he's good. When he's not, he's not. You know. Sure. As Boba Fett says, you know, I give my allegiance to no one. You know, and and that's sort like of that's, that. that's the way that's the way I, I often take things. If you give somebody too much. If you give someone or anything, anyone or anything, your undying allegiance, undying support, they no longer have to fight for it. You know, you, when mm-hmm. you when you when you don't, when you when you do when you do as I I do, you know, and you just sort of do it on a case by case basis. You know, you keep them honest. You know, so you keep them you keep them always, you know, trying to hold up their end of a bargain, you know, instead of just becoming complacent. And so I, I think that's the problem, I think, with, with society is people are just, they become too loyal to anything, you know, even a sports team. I mean, um, look, look how, look how such a, a, you know, a absolutely forgiving sports fan base like Minnesota has done to the, uh, to, to their sports teams, you know, and when you cheer them on, when they, when they continuously fail you and you continue to say, Oh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's you know there's no culture of winning there's no culture of improvement look the the only reason i asked i guess i thought you were going to have a different answer but the only reason i asked was because i i mean the censorship thing is what we were talking about before and as somebody that i don't i don't hate donald trump i just really i do hate trumpism like i hate what it's inspired you know um i still think those people deserve to have a voice like the fact that he was banned from twitter i mean the guy's a fucking moron let's be honest but the second we start doing that it's like i get worried because then when is it when is it come for me for you know when is kamala harris gonna throw me in jail for calling mike the mexican colin kaepernick you know what i mean <laughs> i just exactly we i am scared that we are going to get to a point where me saying things like that fully admitting to people that I am, you know, the most, like, I love everybody. I really do. I don't give a fuck about what your demographic is. Um, I do, we can't get to a point where we are just letting tech companies decide that for us. And I think it starts with the guy's an idiot, right? Like he definitely inspired those people to attack the the, uh, capital, but at the same time, you can't just let somebody like, like Twitter or Facebook decide, hey, we this this is done. I that's my opinion. Is I don't think we should be censoring anybody. We have to let the American people decide for themselves. Hey, you have you have to go and say, hey, I'm not a dumb dumb. I don't believe in fucking QAnon. You know what I mean? I don't believe Nancy Pelosi is hiding children in a trapdoor under her desk. We have to let <laughs> exactly. the people figure that out. In my opinion. And I don't, I don't know what sparked that up. That was, that was my only point. I just wanted to make sure you knew that was the only reason I was asking. Mike, Brent, Mike, you know? well, I, I agree yeah. with where you're coming from yeah. on that. You know, mm-hmm. when does it come for me? When does, when did this, when yeah. does this precedent? And I think that's so much of what we have in society is based on precedent. So when we look at, I mean, just look at the obstructionist in Congress, just how, how cooperative spirits just continuously decline over the years. You know, it just mm-hmm. builds upon precedent. And uh, I mean, the, the executive power of the president uh, continuously grows more and more and more. It's just all precedent. And um, and, and same with same with our thought cultures and such. We, we, it's all precedent building. So we have 
you know, now these, these ideas of censorship and, and, you know, well, I, I think this is, this is dangerous. And, and somebody said, uh, you know, the, a big thing that came out uh, maybe it's probably four years ago. It was actually right at the beginning of the Trump epoch, you know, um, some, the, the big phrase among these people who, had, who would consider like social justice warriors or woke warriors or something, it was, uh, hate speech is not free speech. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. problem was, um, well, for free speech is free speech that. regardless of what it is. Exactly. Um, the other thing was, what constitutes hate speech? And I think the thing was, they were who decides? Just, <laughs> exactly. And they were just, it, it, what it really was, was it was being arbitrarily sent. Because I try to take things pretty objectively, you know, um, uh, as best as I can. And, and what I was finding is that they were just expanding it to just speech I didn't agree with. If you think that we should have free markets, I mean, eventually that's, it was getting to the point where that's going to become hate speech, you know, or if you think that, hey, you know what, um, I think I do better taking care of myself and my family. I shouldn't need to have to take care of others, you know, that's becoming hate speech, you know, and it becomes, it just becomes arbitrary what's defined as appropriate and inappropriate. And there is no more free speech anymore. And I think uh, one thing I really liked uh, as I watch, uh, I saw a segment of Glenn Beck of all people speaking. And, and one thing he said was, it's the speech that you, that you despise that is, that's, that's the most worth defending something along those lines. Cause everything else is, you know, of course, everybody just kind of agrees on things, you know, that everybody agrees on, right. There's no need to defend mm-hmm. that kind of speech, but it's the speech that, that you disagree with the speech that you despise that that's the speech worth defending. And I, and I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, there are a lot of people who I disagree with, but I'm, I'm not going to censor them. I'm not going to censor communists and tell them to, you know, stop talking and, and take all their words back to, uh, you know, Xi Jinping and, and uh, yeah, you know, wherever else. <clears throat> yeah. That, um that, I mean, that just sort of goes back to something we were talking about with Markel earlier. I mean, obviously Markel, you still there? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm just making sure because the Zoom shit sucks. But I mean, I just I have to ask you because this is something that I think about all the time. And I already know your answer because I know you. I just want the people listening to this to hear it. Obviously, the word we were talking about earlier, the N-word with like a hard R, is something that's very hurtful to hear. Do you, I mean, but you don't think that anybody should be legally punished for that, right? You think that um, if somebody says that and a black dude hears it and he's with his friends, that guy's just going to get his fucking ass kicked. And that's how it should be. You know, well, we, we should, we, there's nothing that should legally happen because of that, right? Would you agree with that? Oh, well, yes, I do agree with that. And I also think it's all how you perceive it. It's all how you look at it. Like, if you don't agree with what they uh, say, then it shouldn't really have an effect on you because mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, that's not true in your head. And then you just keep it pushing because if you don't agree with it, then what effect can it really have on you? You know. My point is that that person, that's not the only time that yeah. that person's going to say that. They're eventually going to say it and they're going to get their right. fucking head no, kicked, but yeah, which is what no. should happen. And you know? that too, you know, like the energy you put out there is energy you receive. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, you can't really just punish someone for saying something like, I don't know, just petty. Just that so that brings nowadays. me 
that brings me to a, a, another topic um, that I, I wanted to bring up. I wanted to get your guys' opinion on um, is the the coaching in the NFL right now. There's a lot of talk about um, a lot of black coaches, or at least not many as many candidates um, as there should be are being considered. And one one of them specifically, people are talking about is uh, Chiefs coach Eric Bieniemy has not been uh, has not been offered a head coach job um i does does anybody really has anybody really been following this story yeah i think that's i think it's fucking ridiculous i mean the guy has a proven track record of being a very innovative here's the thing is that i don't mean to go full colin cowherd on this when i say no go ahead when i go ahead go ahead um, that's a terrible cowherd impression the reality is in, of the NFL is this, is that when you look at the really good teams in the league, who are they headed mm-hmm. up by? Very young, innovative, and creative coaches. Mm-hmm. Now, like, for instance, Shanahan in San Francisco, LaFleur in Green Bay, McVay in, uh, for the Rams, mm-hmm. uh, enemy mm-hmm. with Kansas City in terms of at least heading up the offense. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, People absolutely have it, but the guy deserves a job. Now, I, I were to say that if he were to go and get the Jets job, for instance, or if he were, because I because I I thought that he was either a going to go to Jacksonville um, and coach Trevor Lawrence, but that's when Urban Meyer got the job, and I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. but I'm going to kind of appeal to you guys for a minute. What's really stopping Rick Spielman from saying? Okay, the Zimmer experiment clearly really hasn't worked. He's had he has had his ups and downs. He's gone to one NFC championship game and got the shit beaten out of him by a backup quarterback. It's putting it lightly. And I just think that knowing the weapons that you have on that team, and in my mind, again, this is coming from a Packers fan's perspective, Justin Jefferson should be the unanimous rookie of the year. If they give it to Justin Herbert, that league can go fuck itself. Um, yeah, I mean, that's almost racist in itself right I, there. Well, no, <laughs> but I, I just, I think that a guy like the who has the, the, the stamp of approval from the best pass catching tight end in Kelsey, one of the best mm-hmm. quarterback, if not the best quarterback in the league in Mahomes, one of the best receivers in Tyreek. And I just think to myself, a team like the Vikings would be a perfect fit for him because he got, in my mind, the best all-purpose running back in the league, two mm-hmm. top 15 receivers in the league, a pretty serviceable quarterback, and you got a you got a, a, a decent defense. And I just think that there's so many opportunities for for young African American coaches out there. And his name is obviously the biggest just because of the job that he's done in Kansas City right now. And I'm just wondering how long is this really going to go on for? Well, I, I have a question that maybe you guys can answer because I, I'll be honest, I haven't done my homework as well as I should have. Is it it's true that he hasn't been offered a single head coaching job yet? Like and they've talked to him about that and he said he said I haven't been offered one. Well, from what I understand is that he his name was was obviously surfacing in head mm-hmm. coaching vacancies. Um, but yeah, he never once was actually offered a job. Right. My, my only thinking with, 
with this whole thing is, and I'm, you know, I'm probably wrong about this, but right is he, is he avoiding saying um, that he has been offered a job because the Chiefs still they have a they have the best shot to win the Super Bowl. I mean, Kevin Stefanski didn't admit that he was going to the Browns until after the Vikings were completely out, and everybody knew it. So I mean. That's the only thing. That's the only reason I was I was wondering about it. Is it's just like, I mean, for God's sakes, there's so many people in this league that need to be replaced, um, and Eric Bieniemy has already obviously proved that he could be a head coach. I just don't. I I might be completely wrong about this. I just don't know that he would really put it out there if he had been offered the head coaching position because that he he would automatically take it right, and then the Chiefs would know that. I I don't know. I could be completely wrong about that mike am i wrong about that i mean i i i don't know i haven't followed this this whole story much from the get-go i mean i haven't really i mean if i've been so busy with with other things i mean it's been hard for me to keep up with the vikings really uh much this year but you know i think overall it's hard to really go to get an idea of what goes into the mind of the with when people come to hiring this and stuff in general, uh, I think I think the the there's a big thing when you, when you're coaching, especially um, just the the flux of of coaching staffs in general is is very hard. I think on teams. I think I if you look at the Vikings, uh, what they what they did last year. Uh, in that game against San Francisco, it looked like, it looked like they were like checked out, you know. Mm-hmm. Stefanski's yeah. Yeah. in the offense just looked checked out, and and you know, so I think everybody knew. I think going into that game that Stefanski was gone, you know. Yeah, right. And there's so much, there's so much of this. I think of a mindset that that goes when you get these these different coaches going around, and um, when you know that this coach is gone and it kind of makes me think a little bit too more about the Vikes and like their mm-hmm. offensive coordinator position. I mean, it's just like every year there's a new guy. It's like uh, if you watch Terry Potter, I mean, it's like the defense against the dark arts position, you know, um, <laughs> just, it's just every year someone new. So there's no consistency uh, going to be built up there. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's frustrating, but when it comes to people hiring coaches, I mean, what what they look for, I mean, that's something that you'd have to get into the 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 hiring guy. So the the GM is usually the guy that does the head coach job. Um, I mean, I, I think I, I that really I mean, he he will he will get a head coach head coaching job eventually. I think he will. I don't think it just to me. I mean, I don't know. There, there's probably some racist owners out there, but I also think that they want to win. So I think that I think that eventually he will be a a head coach, maybe by even next year. Um, dude, that that brings me to my next point. I know Mark Hell, you're not the biggest football guy, so I mean, sorry if this is uh, you know if you don't really have a lot to comment on. But I really just wanted to say I'm so happy for Matthew Stafford, man. I mean. I have tried so hard. Yeah, I have tried. So for anybody that doesn't know, Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions have agreed to mutually part ways. And um, basically, also, if you don't know, the Lions are one of the worst franchises in the history of the NFL. They've had three of the best. Yeah, three of the best uh, 
players, in my opinion, in history, and Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, and now Matthew Stafford, who, I mean, have th- I think have won a total of one playoff game. Um, so I mean, that's that's not even that's not even mentioning their <clears throat> defensive players too. I mean, they had an in prime Ndamukong Sue, Nick Fairley. Yeah, uh, I mean, they were good. I mean, it's it's so it's so disappointing what has happened to that guy's career because I think that if you Honestly, you could put him almost anywhere else, maybe besides the Jets or the Browns, and he would have succeeded. And I'm so excited to see him go somewhere else. I hope he goes to the Vikings. I hope the Vikings fucking – it's impossible because he's going to be too much money. But, I mean, the Vikings, I'm so over Kirk Cousins at this point, dude. I'm so over it. I'll, I'll, so, I'll, I like I'll ask, Kirk. I'll ask this question, though, just to, just to make it a little bit more positive. What was your best ever sports experience and why? Oh, it, it has experience? to be. Oh, mine is pretty insane. And you had, um, and you had, really to, long you had to have been there as well. Yeah, yeah. You, this is one of those you definitely had to have been there. Mine's right. super long if anybody wants to go first. Um, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do. Um, because, because, because it's football. I'll, I'll just limit it to football for me. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I, I would say it was the Des caught it game because I remember mm-hmm. I went up to my dad in junior year of high school and I told him, I'm like, hey, listen, uh, you know, Packers and Cowboys play on a Saturday. Um, I'm thinking. I forgot you were at that. We were texting yeah, I was, during that. Yeah, I was, I, I was at that, and I told my dad, "I'm like, listen, uh, I saw a couple <gasps> tickets right now, are like a, a hundred twenty-five, hundred fifty a piece. If I can oh pay, if God. I can, if I can pay for my ticket, would you be willing to match that and 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 just pay for yours, and then I can cover the cost for mine?" He says, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." Um, but that wasn't the best experience that I've had though, because I remember when Des caught that, I turned to my dad, I'm like, "There's no way they overturned this." And then they overturned mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. But the best experience for me was it was October 27th, 2013. It was a Sunday night game between Green Bay and Minneapolis and uh, Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. And it was the year that Aaron broke his collarbone. And he ret- ran into a bar. Was that that game? <laughs> no, no, that was 2017. Um, this he was broke tw- it twice. Yeah, he, I forgot about that. He was sacked against the Bears uh, in 2013, and then he came back mm. week 17 to win the division. I, for- I forgot you said 2013. Um, so this was a couple mm-hmm. weeks before that happened, and and I remember my dad took me, and this was the last year at the Metrodome too. And yep, I went to the last game ever. Um, and I remember the opening kickoff. Uh, what was his name? Patterson took it back 108 yards. Oh. Dan, I was at that game. Yeah, that's yep. insane. And, and, and oh I, my god, I was there with Sam, uh, Sam F. And and I remember that uh, that game was one of the loudest games in terms of atmosphere. But that was one of the best that games was so I have. Loud. I have. I, that's one of the best games I've ever. Packers seen. won, didn't they? Yep, they they yeah. kicked the shit out of them too. I mean, yeah, they did. Aaron they really did. Aaron played one of the, the closest thing to a perfect game. And should have ran onto the field and broke his fucking legs. I mean, that guy. <laughs> that that guy is a. Uh, he was a joy. He still is a joy to watch, but back in the day where he could actually 
get out of the pocket and really run and just fucking chuck it 40 yards down the field. I mean, it, that guy was pretty fun to watch and just the atmosphere back then in the Metrodome with how loud it would get and just the, the hostility between the fan bases and the teams and stuff like that. That's what made it a pretty fun experience. That just made me go into this really high thought of like, like imagining my own version of that call of duty mission, no Russian where it's like a Vikings Packers game and I'm in the stands and I just, I just turn to somebody and I go, Remember, no cheese heads. And then we just start killing Packers fans. <laughs> Whoa. Dude, you know, I, 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 I'm just I'm just I'm sorry. I just get so angry at these people that I, I get these visions. Thank you. Have you ever have you ever been a Lambo? We we got we got destroyed in that game and it literally it breaks your heart and so it, it creates hate, I think. But have you ever been so. a Lambo field before? <laughs> Um, no, I have not. And I think I'll I would t- get jumped. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this though. I mean, the people there, no matter what fan base comes in, if it's Vikings, bears, Eagles, I mean, I mean, that's a different breed of fans over there. Um, they're in, they're incredible. I mean, the, the the tailgating experience, the people welcoming in you to their uh, to their areas where they're cooking stuff and they're drinking and stuff like that. I mean, no I one. I don't like thinks, them. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm 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 not. It's not racism. It's it's what would be the word for it? It's like like some people hate certain races. I hate certain fan bases. Like I know it's just a disdain for gonna, yeah it's, it, yeah it's just a, a dislike. You're like you know you know like when a racist person says ah he's one of the good ones. That's how I feel about you, Dan. Uh, that's I don't see that as a very valid comparison of using racism. Be like yeah you're the good one. <laughs> like if I walked on into Lincoln Financial, I right. I swear to God I would say some sort of Eagles fan slur. And I wouldn't even like it would just pop it would just pop out of my mouth. You know what I mean? Right. I, I just that's just I I it sucks. I'm the same way with Saints fans. If you're a Saints fan, I don't like you. I don't like you. Unsubscribe. Sorry, I spent way fan. too much time hating on, on Aaron Rod. Well, I just because like I, I was such just a, a Packer fan hater or a Packer hater, you know, at one point in my life, and then I realized how much time like I blew when I could have been enjoying just the the gameplay of Aaron Rodgers, you know, and just how how masterful he played that position, you know, it was, you know, and 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 I really took it to heart as you know, back in college when I played those pickup games with people, and I found myself doing those same moves, you know, those roll out <laughs> and throw on the runs, you know, I I felt like it, you know, oh it, it's like oh my gosh, this is. You know, this is this is you know like why didn't I enjoy this you know while I while I watched it you know and I did get Dude, my roll on a few Mike, times. There was actually a, there was a time oh, actually. I, you remind me so like much of Tavares. R.I.P. Oh, oh God, we love T. Jack. It was it was. You, you give me I, such you give me such a T. Jack vibe, dude. You really do. It's so funny. Dante oh, Warren, all all that man, and and respect for I, all I was still those people. That. Dante was my first favorite player. Well, so I did a I Dante, mean, you know, it's yeah, yeah. When I was uh, the... when I was at school, it, it was like a fourth. We were, we were playing a pickup game, and it was like a fourth and one. And I, I just said, you know what, I'm I'm a Dante. This, you know, hell with it, you know. 
I launch yeah. it like 50 yards, right? And it goes right through the guy's hands. And and, uh, and, and they get, and I was like, dude, it was like fourth and one. Why did you do it? I was like, because I it's had amazing. it, you know? But, and then I yelled, he believed in himself. I threw it too. And it was just, he believed in himself. That's young Mike. Young Mike was out there throwing dimes. Who's who? Who else has a good one? Mike, you got a good uh, a best sports story? You know, honestly, was that, I, don't, I don't. That was a good one. Honestly, I didn't know if that was that was yours. Right oh, that, that's just me. We, so back in, in, in when I was in college, we we just we'd get a bunch of people, a bunch of random people, and we would just play these big pickup games, you know. And a lot of them oh, were yeah. like old high school, all conference type people, all state people, or or JUCO people, or, or some we actually had were, like, former D1. We had uh, people who played for both, like, you know, for, like, the Lobos and the Aggies and stuff. They would come and play. And so we just have a bunch – and then some were just, like, randos. But we just have a bunch of people. It's a big mix. And some were really, really sweaty um, and, and would get really into it, you know. They just they would just they would just take it way too seriously. I'm like, you know, and some, some of them actually got into a fight, you know. and, and Yeah, it's just like, what are you doing, was, man? We love David. God, him, 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 and, and this guy will. They they got into some really awful, some fight, you know, because they were just trash talking her the entire time, and uh, you know, so I, I would do at a point I would just do all time QB at QB for both sides, and I toss a pass to Will. He drops it, and it's supposed to be a touchdown. And then D Brown says something, and they get into this big fight there, and in on the field and it was just at that point i'm like what 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 like what am i a part of right now like these people are just taking this <laughs> yeah. way too seriously yeah i'm just out here just yeah. screwing around having fun you know and, and you know everybody has one of those moments on a, on a thursday night and these guys yeah. are like putting their heart and soul into this right now and yeah. taken gotten they've mustered up so much passion just like our, our goat coach in eighth grade they mustered up so much passion to get into a fight, just like that goat coach got. Shout got out from to Coach Gray, dude. The guy. Oh, we'll have guy. to get into that on in a future episode. Honestly, oh, man. Oh, that's yeah. that's good stuff. I mean, yeah. There's. I feel like everybody has that moment where they realize they're done with sports. I played intramural intramural in college, and I went up to catch this ball. I missed it. I land on my head. I basically wake up and I my body hurts. I'm like, dude, I'm 20 years old. What the fuck am I doing right now? Like, like why am I out here risking my health for the fucking 13 people that are watching this? You know what I mean? But I don't know. Markel, do you have a good one? Um, you can pass. You can pass. I have on one that uh, I have one that you might want to comment on. Uh, that okay. I wanted to say it because it's just such a long story. Do you guys remember good friend of mine from high school, Matt G? Yeah, yeah. Now he lives in Mexico. I'm not sure if they get the podcast out there. Um, you know, China has been trying to censor this podcast, so I don't know if they've got it down there. But this guy has basically changed around his whole life. Like he, back in the day, we used to get into the craziest shit. And now he, he puts Bible verses on his story. So shout out to him. You know, he found God. But this kid literally, and I, you know, I didn't say his last name. Matt G could be fucking anybody for the record, obviously. But he made these, these marijuana edibles, these brownies that we called the Swampies. Did you guys ever hear about these? Anybody, did anybody yeah. ever hear about them? 
I don't Mark Bell, you heard about him? Did Mark? Did uh? Did Mike and uh, Dan ever hear about him? I don't think so. I mean, they're no. called the, the the Swampies because this kid made the most potent edibles possible, and then he made more while he was high on these edibles. So this. So basically, for anybody that doesn't know, you have to bake the weed in the oven first in order to get it what's called activated, to, to get the THC to be able to get you high by eating it, right? And this guy was so high that he forgot to take the weed out. So not only is there all of the potency and THC possible, there's anything that would be left over and it's all in chunks in these brownies. That's why we called them the swampies because it looked like you pulled a piece of mud out of a swamp and there was just like moss in it, you know what I mean? Literally, there was a kid that got a DUI because of one of these. He passed out on the side of the road. And I remember this was probably, I think it was 2013. And it was week 17 when I bought one of these brownies. Um, randomly, my dad surprised me for my birthday because week 17 is always somewhere near my birthday in January. He goes, Congratulations, man. We're going to this this Vikings Giants game. Winner goes to the winner goes to the playoffs. And of course, you know, I, I freak out and I'm so happy. And I'm like so thankful, like fucking hugging my dad. I, I love the Vikings. To see them have a chance to go to the playoffs is amazing, right? And um unfortunately back then I was a full on a full on fucking retard. Let's just be honest. Um I had no ability to make decision. Like I had, I just really couldn't make decisions wisely. I would always think, could I get away with this? You know, if it was something that I knew was going to be fun or pleasurable, I would think, could I get away with this? And of course, you know, since then I've, I've changed that. But back then I, I was just a monkey. Like uh, I remember, so this was, I think I'm being too loud. I think the neighbors just knocked on the wall. Sorry, but this is 2013 Vikings Giants. Uh, Matt G sells me one of these swampies a day before the game and he goes now remember if you eat one of these whole things it's basically like you're going to be on heroin like you're not going to be able to talk you're going to throw up don't eat the full thing so in my mind I thought it would be appropriate to eat half of it before the Vikings game with my dad and it's going to be hard for, for Mike and, uh, and Dan to understand this because you guys have never taken an edible before, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, affirmative. No. Have you guys ever smoked weed before? I, I, I don't do drugs or alcohol or anything. No Al- substance. Al- okay. Yeah, alcohol is well, my that. gig, and that's what I I'm doing right that. now is whiskey. Thanks. Okay. So it's, it's going to be hard for me to describe this, but basically it's like, you know, like the loading sign on a, on a computer? Mm-hmm. kind of yeah. basically that's what's what's going on in your head like that spinning wheel when you take an edible like you just it's just that's going around it's like you just give is it, is it like an is like a is it like an apple macbook with the colorful wheel spinning right right, right okay, it's just okay. sort of like oh fuck like at high levels this shit will fuck you up right like it's no joke like i i was i've been smoking weed this whole time and and i've been totally cool right when you bake weed in the oven it changes the chemical composition of it and so i mean for reference for anybody that knows what i'm talking about there must have been 600 milligrams of thc in this brownie 
and you know maybe maybe 75 is the dose for the average person so we are getting ready to leave and my dad's like all right we're leaving in 15 minutes i'm up in my room i've got this brownie i'm like i'm gonna eat half of it i'm choking it down it tastes so bad because it just literally tastes like i'm eating full chunks of weed now it doesn't it, it like it's not like in cartoons, like where an ed, like somebody will ingest something and all of a sudden they're whoa like that the second it hits their tongue. Edibles take a long time to start hitting you, so we leave about fifteen minutes after I eat it. It's what a 30, 35 minute drive to Minneapolis, right? Yeah, twenty five or so probably. I'm not making this next part up. I was this high. We're driving into the city. We're going over that bridge on, is that I-35? I can't remember, it's been so long. But right where you can, right where you peek over that hill and you can see the skyline of Minneapolis and St. Paul, you can see the Twin Cities as a whole, right? I don't even think that's a bridge, isn't that? Mike, isn't that on 35 just as you're approaching Burnsville Parkway? Y yeah, yep. right, right. Right as you're getting to Burnsville Parkway, you can see the whole city. That's exactly where it was. I wrote this down in a joke for my set. I'm not fucking kidding you. I'm in the car with my dad. My vision goes completely purple, okay? Just completely purple. As I'm seeing the skyline, that song, I think it's called Erotic City or something by Prince pops into my head. And I just get the most like Minnesota vibe ever. It was like a purple lightning strike hit me in the penis. I swear to God, it was just like Erotic City. And I'm just fucking blacking out on weed which is ne almost next to impossible dude you really can't do that i've been smoking this whole time we were recording and i'm you know i'm just i'm more drunk than i am high but when you take an edible you're just out of your mind so i'm completely fucked at this point i can't speak i already i'm like having trouble with motor function and i don't know my dad might have noticed he never ended up saying anything this whole trip right we get there, we, we find our seats. I completely blacked out until that point. We find our seats, uh, we sit down, we start watching the game and I notice I'm so high, I have no idea how football works. I, like, I completely, I, I couldn't remember how first downs work. I couldn't remember how the clock works, anything like that because I was so fucked up. And um, the first half goes by, I'm like, I'm looking around to see when everybody's cheering or everybody's booing and just copying their reaction. Eventually we get to halftime and my memory, like that's where I start coming back into it because this was one of the worst experiences of my entire life. We get to halftime and my dad goes, uh, I think I'm gonna go get another beer. Do you want anything? And I just go, I managed to go ice cream like that, you know? And he's like, oh yeah, I get some ice cream. So he leaves and the cheerleaders come on. And just, you've got to keep in mind throughout this whole story for anybody that's going to think I'm weird after I tell this, that I was just completely out of my mind, completely out of my mind. The cheerleaders come onto the field and I just zone out. My dick gets rock, rock hard, like as hard as it's ever been my entire life. And these cheerleaders are dancing. I'm staring at them. And I'm just like, oh, oh my God, it's so fucking hot. My dick is standing up in my sweatpants. And all of a sudden I break myself out of it and I look around <laughs> and everybody is staring at me. 
And these two black chicks, like 10, like 10 rows down from me, notice me, look over at them, and they geek out harder than I've ever seen anybody laugh in my entire life. And I just, oh, fuck. Like, you would think I would just go to the bathroom and try to get rid of my boner. This is what I did. I went, oh. And I just turned around. I just straight up turned around and tried to cover my dick. And eventually, like, you know, all of the nervousness and pressure made my boner go away. Shout out to the many girls that I've had problems with that with before. Anyway, um, we, uh, we, like, my dad gets back there. I totally forget about the whole thing. Vikings win. We start going crazy. We go to the parking lot, and I literally run directly into one of those cement buildings, dude. I ran into one of those cement blocks. And my dad, eventually, he just goes, all right uh you know dude what's going on and i just cheered up admitted to him i was like i hit a pop brownie dude and he just starts going he's like okay okay he just wanted to know that i didn't like shoot up heroin or something oh my god man i can't wait till my parents find this podcast this is just gonna be so dope oh, i don't i don't think no yeah so i mean that was that was my craziest best sports story i wonder if those people uh, still remember me but who knows who knows you know um i think we've been going on this for a long time do you guys got anything else any more topics uh no i think that that uh that boner topic you just articulated on was yeah rather uh did, did you what did you think about that what would you do if that happened to you I'd probably be laughing harder than those two black chicks that you included in the story. Dude. Dude, I mean, I it's so embarrassing, but I have to put it out there because it happened. Like, that's my punishment for it happening, is, is that people people need to hear that and, and go, look at this fuck. Because I need to never do that again. That was so bad, dude. I mean, I'm talking at least 10 people saw that. Like, like full-on saw me. <laughs> just fully erect oh so rough man this is i mean it's crazy it's just it's, just, it's that's the only that would only happen to me that wouldn't happen to you guys it's wild but i bet you the camera just like got put on you like right as that was happening and then everyone just like looked back that would be the greatest thing to ever happen ever i mean if there was just a youtube clip of me going viral like i'm on come on man on espn monday night countdown and randy moss just goes man this kid really went up (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine you got moss can you imagine if joe buck and aikman were doing the game he's just like and you know that that is a that is a gigantic penis that he's showing right there, and it's a and then and then Troy comes in like oh that's a fantastic job by the fan, Re- really making his cock oh known. God. Oh my God, Joe Buck just oh, oh my Mike God, can you imagine? And it imagine, was like yeah. Joey Capuana, dude. My dick, John my dick Barry. Is sub- my dick is subpar. Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> such a nice guy. He'd be like, and you know, he comes out here, plays, he plays every week. He really, you know, Al, this is a kid I like. For 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 what he's got, he really plays like a champion. <laughs> and Al Michaels will make some off-color joke. 
Oh my god, dude! It, it, that would be great if we could get one of them to call that live. That'd be perfect. Oh. Joe Buck calling it like the Minneapolis miracle. <laughs> that's probably the most. Joey that's Boner. The... <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the most enthusiastic you'll ever hear, Joe Buck. I love the guy too. So terrible. I mean, I'm blushing so hard right now that I just fucking told that story. At least 50 people are going to hear that and like report me to the police. (laughs) Like somebody's going to report that and be like, this man committed a crime. That's just, oh God. I mean, I mean, seriously, one of the most, most embarrassing moments of my life. I, I don't know. I don't even know where we go from there, dude. I mean, should we probably just call it on my boner story? Sure. We'll call it, uh, we have to call, we have to figure out a name like the Minneapolis Miracle. Before, okay, talk Joey. about my boner. All right, before, okay. uh, be- before, we, uh, before we end this, uh, Mike brings yeah. up a point because him and I were, uh, were chatting on the side. Do you remember a substitute teacher at North? Um, and yeah. he, was, he was like the- at, no, no, excuse me, at Century. And he was- this, And North, don't forget. And North. And, and it was a dude in like this, in a- in he was like from Haiti or something like that, and he would be like the guy that like, please uh, uh, turn stop the textbook. To, yeah, stop talking, please. Dude, uh, I'm not kidding. I say that in my regular life all the time, and nobody knows what I'm referencing. Like, I'll just go stop to talking. <laughs> Everybody will be like, the fuck? And I'll I just have to you remember. Are on oh, your yeah, telephones. Please put the cell phones away. <laughs> Dude. And so, was his was was it Joy? Was his name like Ned? I have no. That idea sounds familiar. I'm not. Yeah, lie. yeah, yeah. You see, yeah, Markel knows what we're talking about. I think his name was Ned. So we'll just call him John Barry. Yeah, yeah, John Barry. <laughs> All I remember is that we had a woodshop teacher who was an ex stripper, and his his stage name was the Spider. <laughs> I'll just never forget that in my life. Spider. <laughs> I just, I, I, I remember. Like, why like, did they call him that? Did he just have super long legs under those? No, under those probably, do you remember? Jeans? Do you remember the movie School of Rock, where one of the band members' names, his nickname was Spider? <laughs> it's probably. Him. It's just, it's just really scaring me to think about that guy naked right now because I'm definitely picturing. What the hell's it. your problem? Terrifying. The guys. I mean, he just must have super. Well, just super long arms and he must dance with it like a like in a spider position and i bet that guy had a fuck's your problem i bet that guy had a swinging cock man all right i mean okay. the way right, we're he, editing no, that one out all right that's just, enough that's enough he, that's that's he enough. just i got a vibe from this guy no like, really, stop just talking towards hammer in his pants Okay, and we're, uh, we're, we're, we're taking that out. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't nearly as bad as the other guy. That guy had allegations. John Barry. <laughs> you guys remember Mr. Nelson? <laughs> okay, you're taking that this was, out, right? That was no, we're not taking <laughs> that out. We're not taking that out, man. Yeah, we are. No. We're not including <laughs> Mr. Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it's a very common last name 
John Barry. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think he had a hammer. I think I only think Olson had a hammer. <laughs> who, who else do you think? I think there's who there's a there's a substitute teacher. I think named John Barry. Our sixth grade math teacher. Mr. E. Does anybody remember that guy? That guy must have had. Uh, yeah, wasn't wait, wasn't the uh, yeah his name his name was uh, substitute teacher John Barry. <laughs> and and no. What about dude? What about Chad P? Like you gotta be fast. You gotta be physical. And you gotta execute. Dude. I mean, right, one, well, one more story. One more story before we go. I, I got. I. I gotta fucking. I, I gotta hang it up here. Uh, you know. I. I I'm I, dead, bro. I got. I gotta hang it up from here. Well, I just wanna. I just wanna thank everybody for listening to this. Um, you know, a lot of cock talk. So that's probably what I'll be changing this this podcast to cock talk radio. And um, want to thank Dan, Mike, and Markel for, for being on this Happy episode, to help you man. Out. Thank you, uh, we'll sir. Have to do another one soon. Yeah, yes. it was a good time, man. All right. Um, I'll catch you guys later. You stay safe out there. All right. Yes. Take care, right, everybody. Good catching up with y'all. All right. right. Bye bye.